The time, Space Century 342, the place, the three-planet Algol solar system located deep in the Andromeda galaxy. Under the democratic rule of King Lazic, life was good as he provided everything his people could want. Space travel had been discovered 200 years before deep space shuttles had allowed colonization of Motavia and Dezaurus, the other worlds of the Algol star system. But slowly over time, things began to change. It started with a new religion, which was rumored to have come from another galaxy. The dark priests of this religion, never seen by any mortal, promised immortality to all who joined. You would live forever. King Lazic was getting old. The idea of living forever appealed to him, so he became the first to join. Then he changed. It started with the threatening suit of armor the priests made for him. The armor looked evil and corrupt, and that's how Lazic began to rule his people. Outrageous taxes became a burden on everyone. Business on all three planets shut down, and entire towns fell into decay. There was no way for the people to make any money. As time passed, the people suffered. Horrible creatures and monsters began to stalk all three worlds. When the dead came back to life, the people feared the worst and guessed the truth. Through black magic, Lazic had become an evil tyrant. But where there is evil, there is also always good. Brave individuals began to rally in secret against Lazic, but his robot cops were ruthless in hunting out these defenders of the people. One was Nero, a spaceport worker in Kamenit, the central town on Palma. Long ago, his father had disappeared, trying to learn Lassic's evil secrets. Now the robot cops had crushed Nero as well. Before he died, he passed on his short sword and his quest to his sister Alice. He also told her to find a brave fighter named Odin. Alice raised the sword to the sky and vowed that Nero's death would not go unavenged. ninth episode of Retrotopia. My name is Sam, and this week, Brian and I will be discussing the classic Sega Mega Drive game, Fantasy Star. Before we get to the show, we'd like to hear from you, and you can reach us on Twitter at RetrotopiaPod, email us at RetrotopiaPodcast at gmail.com. You can drop a comment in the Spotify podcast comment section, or you can join our Discord with the link in the description of this podcast. Now that we have that done, I'd like to give Brian a chance to say hello. What's new on your side of the border there, Brian? Well, it's Boxing Day here in Canada, which means Christmas is finally over. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Big family meal. But uh, we, we don't do turkey. Like, we kind of gave up the whole uh, turkey dinner family experience because it was just starting to cost a lot of money. And then we'd end up with leftovers we could never finish. So we did spaghetti yesterday, and I fucked it up, which really sucked. Oh, how do you... <laughs> I made a big batch because I was going to freeze some of it there. And um, <clears throat> when I put it into the big pot, I, I used a stock pot because the amount I had, which was a wrong choice because it was too thin and some of the uh, tomatoes burnt on the bottom. So my house smelled like burnt tomato for two days. Oh, no. Yeah, we finally got rid of the smell today. By farting. Yeah. So how was your Christmas, Sam? <laughs> it was okay. It was it was fine. The whole season is uh, winding down the Christmas season so that I'm excited for um just felt a little weird this year maybe it was all the construction going on in the house maybe it was just not being settled yet or what but uh it's it's good to be on the other end of it 
Yeah, it's uh, the year's almost over. It's 2024 will be the year of, you know, Sam and Brian, we'll call it that. Yes. I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, well, basically this week is just my last week of hectic activities. Like, I'm going to go visit my dad tomorrow, so that's a bit of traveling. And then once that's all done, I get to come home and I just get to kind of sit and unwind finally. Nice, yeah. So that's, I've got a, a short three-day work week uh, starting tomorrow, which is Wednesday, and then um, then we're into New Year's uh, weekend. So yeah. Uh, do you do a lot for New Year's? Nothing. I don't even stay up till midnight anymore. Yeah, I mean, either I might make it till midnight, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm by myself this year, so maybe I'll try to find something to do. But otherwise, uh, no, nope. uh, just uh, the older I got, the less uh, Well, I, I don't go out and uh, party drink anymore. So heading downtown and having a big hoorah with everybody just isn't my thing. No, not so, at all. Yeah. And Staying up till midnight means I sleep in a little bit later and it always makes my next day feel kind of uh, wrecked or ruined. It's shorter because I wake up later. Yeah. It's hard to explain. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean. All right. Well, uh, what have you been playing this week aside from uh, Fantasy Star? (laughs) Yeah, I I played Fantasy Star, um, played it right until the last boss and I wasn't able to beat him, but we'll get into that later because, you know, screw him. Started, uh, started, or I didn't start, but I picked up Breath of Fire 2 as well for, uh, another, uh, podcast host who asked me to do that one with him. Oh, all uh, right. He mentioned he was starting it, so I figured I'd start it or restart it as well. So I got to get through that. Have you played it before? Um, long, long, long time ago. I played like, the first one and it's, um, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a fine RPG. Like they're fine games, but the first one really lacked in direction there. And yeah, <laughs> if like, I used a walkthrough on the first one there because I kind of, I was kind of at a time crunch and I was just running in circles. Yeah, and when I found the like when you can transform into dragons, when I found the ultimate dragon form there, all of a yeah. sudden the game became too easy. You just use that dragon form and just yeah. run through everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember that. But I I also remember that it's kind of such an obscure title that it's kind of hard to find a good coherent walkthrough unless you found one. No, I did. It wasn't hard. Oh, uh, oh. I just went to Google and typed in Breath of Fire walkthrough and boom, like 15 options showed up. Plus, there's still GameFAQs uh, walkthroughs. Yeah, I don't know if that's the one I used or not. The ones that are like kind of look like they're typed in Notepad. Yeah. Well, ones that are done by community uh, people who actually take the time to or took the time to type them out back in the day. Yeah. Everybody just records a video and uh, you just follow it. I used to have uh, like for Final Fantasy eight, I think specifically, I used to have that like game FAQ, like printed out on sheets of computer paper and stapled together. (laughs) That was during my phase when I bought the uh, player's uh, guide every uh, time I bought a game. So I got like all the final fantasies that I could get my grubby little hands on and final fantasy eight's one of them. You still got them. Oh yeah. They're sitting right beside me. Uh, I, I'm not getting rid of those. Those things are too valuable to me. Yeah. Those are cool. All right. Well, um, Oh, for me, I guess, um, I also just wrapped fantasy star. That's pretty much what I've been playing. Cause I've had to kind of shotgun it the past few days to keep myself caught up. Um, but I am looking forward to getting into our games for next week. Uh, Jungle Strike and Desert Strike. Yeah, so, and you're uh, going to be playing the Genesis versions, right? Yes. 
For yeah, sure. and I'm gonna I'm because gonna take on the Super Nintendo ones because the Genesis versions are superior. Probably, but you know, <laughs> Super Nintendo outsold it. Let's just go that way. Yeah, that's because more people had Super Nintendos. <laughs> yeah, but we're we'll gonna get to that fight one day. We'll have a Genesis versus Super Nintendo Return of the uh, Console Wars episode. Yeah, we can do that. Um. All right. Well, before we get to the game, uh, we'd like to ask our listeners uh, some questions, which Brian and I will take a shot at giving a good answer to. And if not, then we'll give some form of answer, right? Yeah. And we uh, opened it up in our Discord there to some of the people who've already joined. And uh, a couple of our friends popped in and, you know, threw us a question or two just to help us out. Yeah. So if you'd like to uh, and you're listening and you're not a part of our Discord, join our Discord. And uh, it's absolutely free. It's in the description of the show and you can ask us questions. And you can join a good community of people and pickle. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, so let's get to our first one, shall we? Um, the, our first question comes from Unbuckled Cape from the Unbuckled Comics podcast, uh, who says... I now understand you guys. I immediately wanted to ask dumb questions just to mess with you, but I'll refrain. Be the bigger man and ask, how are you now? Uh, good and you? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Brian? I don't go there. How are you now, Wayne? <laughs> I just finished Letter Kenny, the new season today. So, Oh, shit. I got to watch that. It's the 26th that just dropped here in the States. Yeah, well, you're already a day behind. I know. But at least it's popular enough that we pretty much get it right away instead of having to wait. Yeah, like Shorzy. Yeah. Um, but here's his actual question. Uh, he writes, oh, and forget Sega Genesis versus SNES. I want to know light beer versus dark beer. Brian, what's your take? Oh, what do you mean in uh, dark beer? Like, are you mm. talking like the shade of the beer? Like light beer sounds like Coors Light, Bud Light and all that kind of stuff. But dark beer, I mean, there's beers called dark yeah, let's go with a dark versus uh light color. Okay, so um, if we're going that route, then we're not actually talking like the Bud Lights and stuff like that. I like a nice golden IPA. It's my go-to beer, so uh, kind of dark but not dark. Yeah, it's like a like an amber almost, or yeah, it's kind of an imp- like a waffle answer, but uh... <laughs> somewhere in the middle. <laughs> But if you're going like Coors Light versus a good dark beer, then I'm going a good dark beer because Coors Light is, you know, like fucking in a canoe. It's <laughs> fucking close to water. Uh, well, I'd say uh, dark beer wise, you know, I love my porters and I like uh, stouts. I like a heavy stout, but you can't really uh, drink too many of those. No, a stout's a sipping beer. You're yeah. sitting there in the long haul listening to that guy in the guitar in the pub there. Try yes. to you know, do covers, right? Yes. And the last time I had a Guinness, I didn't really enjoy it. It's kind of weird. Uh, but I used uh, to like yeah, Guinness. you got to be in the mood. Like you really do. I've never met anybody who sits there and like says, "I exclusively drink Guinness." No, it's I'm in the mood for a Guinness. Is yeah. what somebody always says. It was it was weird, but you know, for for pure volume, uh, I like my PBRs. So, of course, that's my that's my uh, poison of choice. So. I don't know if that really answered the question. It didn't give us a definitive uh, light versus no, dark. It's uh, pretty weak there on Buckle. Pretty weak. You got to be more specific next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our next question comes from Savagery42, the Hoagie Man. 482. 482. Is that what he said? No, you said 42. 42. I thought I snuck an 80 in there. Whatever. Oh, maybe it was so fast there, fucking McMurray. 
Yeah. <laughs> Four to two. All right. Which food would you rather put tacos into? A pizza or a hoagie? Put tacos into. Like, like taco like, stuffed crust pizza? Oh, that sounds pretty good. But like, it actually I'm, does. I'm, I'm kind of sold on the pizza idea now. <laughs> yeah, I think my... I thought I got a chance to think about this a little bit before we started recording. And I think I am... Uh, I am on the pizza uh, train, pizza train. Yeah, definitely. Um, no offense to the hoagie man, but, you know, hoagies can't beat pizzas because pizza has the advantage of being a pizza. Also, well, tacos, I guess. But like, I don't know if if a taco, I mean, I know a taco is not a sandwich, but if you're going to like put taco stuff into a sandwich, I think I maybe I just would eat a taco. Yeah, okay, that makes sense, too. <laughs> I mean, you're just putting ground beef and taco seasoning on a pizza, so. Oh, it's so good, though. Oh, yeah. All, All right. right. Thanks well, for the questions, guys. Yeah, those are those are the questions. Those were good ones. Uh, so keep them coming every week. We'll um, obviously, if you're not on the Discord again, we'll plug it one more time. Join our Discord. It's fun. Uh, and you can ask us questions. So with that, let's move on to the game itself. And we'll start with uh, Brian telling us a little bit more about the game. <laughs> Fantasy Star is a role-playing game developed by Sega for the Master System in 1987. In the game, we join Alice and her companions on a journey across multiple planets to defeat the evil King Lazic. Fantasy Star is an example of an early Japanese RPG, or JRPG, including random enemy encounters and the leveling system. The game was developed by Sega to compete with the increasing popularity of the RPG genre, with Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior being released in 1986 and Final Fantasy, which was released only two days before Fantasy Star on the Famicom. Fantasy Star is unique among JRPGs of the time, notably for its 3D dungeon navigation, the female main protagonist, and early attempts at some animated cutscenes. These elements are considered revolutionary or pioneering by modern commentators. The game was also unique for its setting, a fantasy and science fiction blend taking its influences from Star Wars. The game is also notable for its size at the time, with the development team using a new and innovative method to fit the game on a 4MB cartridge. At its release, Fantasy Star was acclaimed by critics for its graphics and gameplay. One drawback, however, was that the battery save system on the cartridge caused the game to have a high sticker price for a new game of the time period. The game has three sequels for the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive, and port on the Game Boy Advance. In 2003, a remake of the original Fantasy Star, called Fantasy Star Generation 1, was released for the PlayStation 2. A definitive Sega Ages version of the game was released in late 2018 for the Nintendo Switch, which features a screen-in-screen -screen format that includes a map and party status on the display. All right, thanks, Brian. Uh, this week, we asked some of our friends to post comments in the Discord about this game, and we'll read a few of them here. So, uh, Brian, you want to take the first one? Yeah, I'll take the first one. This one is uh, from Zodiac, who uh, is a very big Sega person and probably the person I respect the knowledge in Sega, Sega for the most. Um, 
and he says Fantasy Star is easily better than the two games that came out alongside it that are far better known, Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Might even be the best 8-bit RPG made of that, oh, sorry, it may even be the best 8-bit RPG made of that era. Beautiful graphics and fantastic music combined with a varied, uh, with varied stages and areas to explore makes it a must-play. But play it on the Switch as part of the Sega Ages collection, unless you love graph paper. I 100% agree about the um, Sega Ages collection. Comment. Yeah, Do not that would have been brutal if I had to go, go to the local, you know, uh, st- uh, stationary store there and go get myself a book of graph paper for yeah. the first time in 20 years. Yeah, and like there's some like fucky shit in some of those dungeons that like if you get like knocked back or go down a hole, it's like, where was I? <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh thank you zodiac uh i'll take the next one this is uh retro alcatraz who says fantasy star is a remarkable achievement for so humble a console and proof that my guys at sega could hold their own in the rpg genre visually stunning for the time and with plenty of variation fantasy star definitely deserves to be in the conversation of rpg greats and it's grossly underrated just be sure to grind early on or else you'll be fucked right out of the gate. And I did that by getting lost for the first yeah. three hours. Yeah, I my um, no, we will obviously we'll talk about this in the game chat. But my Alice, the main character, was like <laughs> way, way over leveled by the time yeah. I figured out where the fuck to go. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, last comes from Super Dave uh, from the Anime Treehouse podcast. And he says, Fantasy Star was a very pleasant surprise for me when I bought it on my Switch via the Sega Ages version. Although the beginning is indeed slow, grindy, and sometimes lethal, once uh, I got me and my party together, the game practically flew by. I love the graphics and music and the little cutscenes. Very ambitious for its time. For well sure. said. Yeah, I agree. It is, it is an ambitious game for its time. And it can be very lethal. It's like one of those... One of those games where there are certain points where you walk like a couple of squares in the in the overworld grid too far and you're into some shit that you can't yeah. handle. <laughs> the invisible boundaries. Uh, that yes. happened to me a few times. Absolutely. All right. So with that, let's get into the game discussion. Um, so why did we why did we pick this game? This was this game was actually my choice. Uh for our RPG of the month here uh, for the month of January 2024. Oh, December 2023. No, wait. Well. Oh, no, you're right. It comes out uh, after. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It comes out uh, the beginning of the new year. Time is linear, dude. No, time is a circle. Happy of New course. Year, everyone. Um, <laughs> so I think I played this for the first time last winter and I really enjoyed it. It's um, definitely grindy and slow at times. But the 3D dungeon crawling and some of the planet hopping were really fun. And if you play it on the the remastered Sega Ages uh, version, it is definitely up-resed from the original 8-bit. And the music is um, is up-resed as well. But it's just, it's really got that retro feel, but it looks really, really good and still plays the same. So it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty faithful uh, remaster. Yeah, um, and... My history with this is literally you told me about it, and a reason I've never actually played a Fantasy Star is uh, Fantasy Star Online came out, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like fun!" So I played that, 
and I'm, I'm not a big online rpg uh guy so yeah, fantasy star online never caught on with me and i kind of associated the whole series with that one experience and that's why i never kind of went back and tried this one out just kind of soured you on the on the frame yeah okay. probably like unjustifiably but you know i was young and dumb at the time so it just kind of stuck with me yeah i don't aside from having played it once before last year um i don't have any history with this it was before my time in fact i'm i'm not too much older than the game at all <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh that's my history with it is i don't have any um and, and I, <laughs> what made me want to play it last uh, you know like last winter whenever i first played it was um i've got that genesis collection on the switch that's got like all those all those games and it's like fantasy star two three and four and i was o- i always wondered where the hell is Fantasy Star 1 and where can I find it? And uh, I had stumbled across this Ages collection. So that's why yeah. I was interested in it. That's why I played it. Well, it's nice that these old games are being re-released and kind of updated without taking away their, you know, their core that made them great in the first place. So this Sega Ages seemed to improve the game yeah. to a playable level. Yeah, it's kind of analogous to like... Um, the final fantasy pixel remasters like it just yeah touches them up you know cleans up a little bit of stuff makes them a little more playable and and now they're accessible to you know a whole new generation of people that didn't get to play them yeah and honestly this is a game you should play like uh big spoiler alert it's not going to be the perfect game but i honestly enjoyed my experience with this game and i'm probably going to go jump into fantasy star 2 in the near future just to uh just keep it going hell yeah um so yeah what are your what were your initial thoughts though playing this game um, when you when you first got into it first thoughts i thought i was playing a 16-bit game to be honest like when i jumped into it i thought it was yeah. like a really early era 16-bit game and then uh i kind of looked up some videos and i noticed they kind of touched up the graphics like you said a, l- a little bit earlier yeah and yeah, I was enjoying like right from the get go. I enjoyed the battle system. I enjoyed the walking around. It was it felt familiar right off the hop. Uh, some stuff I had to get used to, like uh, talking to people. I kept running into them by accident. Yeah. I kept forgetting that you talked automatically. <laughs> yep. Um, right. Some couple of uh, what weren't supposed to be puzzles turned out to be harder for me than should have been because you had to talk to the same guy three times like who thinks about that kind of stuff but yeah i i did not enjoy that yeah ass pull um other than that it was uh i enjoyed the game yeah usually like in a video game when someone tells me to fuck off i just leave (laughs) yeah like (laughs) reading through the walkthrough it's like oh you got to talk he's going to tell you to leave two times and you know Go back and talk to him a third time. I tried that with my wife. She told me to fuck off and threw a pillow at me. Yeah, I didn't know. It just gets worse. Why, why would you yeah, go back? It's, <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to go hide in my office there and let her calm down a bit before she kills me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, we talk to him a third time and then he gets a restraining order. <laughs> he, can't, <laughs> he can't even go within like five squares of the building that he's in. It's like you walk up to somebody, give me a hundred bucks. Like, fuck off. No, give me a hundred bucks. Fuck off. No, give me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Yeah. Here. Oh, you, since you asked three times, then (laughs) yeah, yeah. that's the magic number. Um, that was weird. Are there any other RPGs that you can think of where you walk up? I think there are some where you have to walk up to people and like, yeah. And I think it was all based off of, um, 
the day when RPGs only had a limited number of buttons to use, so they wouldn't yeah. make a talk button the same as a, uh, you know, an action button. And walking up to them just kind of like sets off the next event in the programming script. Yeah, so there was a couple, but I'm glad they got away from that. I'm actually um, gonna look at something really quick. Um, the Sega Master System. I don't think as a console that was too common here in North America. And they did have. Okay, it was a two button controller, so it had um, a D pad and two buttons. So same as a Nintendo. Right. So you weren't going to just like waste a lot of time um, programming stuff to buttons because you only had two to work with. So that well, was it also might have been something they didn't think about at the time, like uh you know, twin sticks, uh, one stick controlling the camera, the other stick controlling the character was, uh, you know, an afterthought after the uh, dual uh, uh, dual analog controllers yeah. came out. So it's it's the same idea with this. Maybe somebody thought about it like a few years later. And yeah. But I'd have to play Fantasy Star 2 to see if they actually change that because you got three buttons on the Genesis controller and, you know, why yeah. not? Yeah, now at this point I've played Fantasy Star twice, so now I think it's time the next the next thing I play has got to be two. Yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was a little odd and notable uh, about the gameplay was that when there's um, when you encounter an enemy, there's a lot of random encounters in this game. No, um, there's there's two levels of random encounters. There's the first one where you can go from point A to point B, which is fifty miles without seeing an enemy. Right, yeah. And there's a second one where you can't not fight an enemy every two steps. Yes. There's no in between. Yeah, it's really inconsistent. Um, but uh, it just actually in the battle screen, I, I thought it was interesting, and I don't, I don't know of any other games that quite do this, but you had one type of enemy at a time that you were facing, but you could have up to like five or six of them. I called it like an enemy stack where you'd have, yeah. um, especially like in the beginning, there'd be the, those like little flies that were called swarms or something like that. And there'd be like five or six of them. And the interesting thing was you'd, you'd pick your command. Your characters aren't on the screen. So that's kind of like how Dragon Quest is. Um, you can, you just toggle through the menus for your characters that you have and you select their attack, but they randomly attack. Um, that enemies bothered back. It did bother me, especially um, when one of the enemies there was like one hit point left, and then everybody attacked the guy with the most hit points. So you kept getting hit twice at the yes. end of the uh, cycle. Yeah, so you can get hit by the enemy for as many time or as many enemies as there are left alive in the stack. And yeah, so, and the yeah. only way you know how many enemies there are is you have a little screw window up at the top right of your battle screen there, and it stacks the enemies, and hence why you call it an enemy stack, but. You're not fighting multiple types of enemies. It's always one type of enemy, certain number. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost like a shared hit point pool, but like divided into little silos of of hit points. And each one that hits zero means the enemy can attack one last time. Is kind of the way I looked at it. Like if I encountered something and there were three, and they each had you know like fifty hit points, I was I was kind of thinking to myself, well, I've got one stronger enemy that's got one hundred and fifty hit points, and that's what we have to get through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That that was my only gripe with the battle. Like um the menu system worked out fine. The yeah. characters attack and they did what you told them to. Uh you could predict what was going to happen, like with the attacks. So a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then there was a couple of weapons there and 
like the laser gun, which does 20 damage to every enemy on the screen, which is kind of nice to have, but also weaker than his uh, attack with like Odin's attack with an, uh, a sword or an axe. Yeah, that was a give and take. Um, yeah, there, usually, there was no winning in that one. Yeah, I didn't usually use the, the laser gun. As cool as it is when you've got multiple enemies, uh, you know, on screen um, and 20, 20 doesn't sound like a lot of damage, but like these these um, enemies usually have like maybe like 150 hit points tops. Yeah, and 20 knocks off a good chunk, especially if you're doing it every turn. Right. Yeah. 20 is a good chunk. Um, But, you know, we know we mentioned this uh, when we did the, you know, just kind of the general information up top. Um, But they did have to save some space on this cartridge because it was a pretty large game. And I thought maybe this battle system was kind of a way that they made their way around. Um. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Having one enemy on the screen and considering how animated they are, too, like they're not just sitting there. Yeah. Like motionless. They actually have hit animations with them. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Like think of the um, like for reference for the listeners, if you haven't played this game, think of um, if you've played like one of the one of the Game Boy Color Pokemon games that like kind of did things up like Pokemon Crystal were when you encounter a Pokemon, they do like a little shimmy or like a little move It was kind of like that. Each time they attacked. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. It was, uh, it was fun. Like, um, the battle system at is not at all. My problem with this game. Um, uh, it was actually the part I enjoyed. And one of the, I guess one of the problems with the battle system is it didn't always delineate when you're fighting a boss versus a regular, uh, enemy yeah <laughs> so i i ended up killing medusa and i didn't even realize i was fighting her oh yeah <laughs> they just they don't like you don't see them on the screen and then you have to approach them they just pop up yeah and then the battle music is always the same unless oh, you're God, like yeah. in the last uh the last battle which yeah. uh yeah speaking of which let's talk about the music uh, um no the music is great in this game but it is not varied no, it's very repetitive, and I think that's another um, just... 8-bit. It's an 8-bit thing. Like yeah, you, yeah. you said, you can only fit so much stuff on there, and then unless they hire an orchestra for everybody who bought this game, you're going to get repetitive music. Yeah, the um, the music and the sound effects get a little bit old, so yeah. I found... Except that... for in the dungeons. The dungeons had the uh, the song there, and they had the synthetic drums. Yeah. And I was all about that. And that's definitely up If you're playing the, the Ages version, the music is much better, um, but you can toggle it back to the 8-bit sound oh. effects and music. No, no, no. But no, it's it's not... Without those synthetic drums. Yeah. Yeah, The I loved the... The dungeon theme was fine. Uh, it did get a little old after a while because every time you go into like a cave or anything where you're traveling in that kind of th- that kind of 3D hallway, it's like yeah, the same. You're gonna hear the same thing. And then um, I think my favorite. Did you have a favorite? Um, besides the synthetic drums, no, yeah. no. <laughs> there were two uh, that I that stood out to me. I liked the. Uh, like the vehicle or space travel theme, which I think we should probably uh, play in the in the interludes between uh, bits uh, well, here of the show. And, that. and then the boss dungeon theme was good too. Like the one at the end, like there was the regular dungeon theme, and there was like a there was like a souped up dungeon theme for like when you went into a place and you want you know they wanted to make you feel like 
oh shit like this place you know is is something special so yeah but um overworld like i i have that overworld song burned into my brain yeah the one from palma yeah it it just i think it was like maybe uh five notes and then it just repeated itself over and over and over again yes and Um, that one kind of got really really repetitive but one thing i like about video game music is it's not something that annoys you when you're playing the game like it's not something where you shut the volume down because you're just sick of it it's good enough that you can play and not listen to it while you listen to it yeah i know what you mean um but if it does get repetitive and annoying you can mute the game and listen to episodes of retrotopia absolutely that's that's what i do (laughs) uh i'm not listening to them in the shower or while making love to pretty women (laughs) that's what we do um yeah, let's uh, let's see what 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 else can we talk about before we like just kind of get into the the you know run through of the game. Oh, uh, just the sound effects in this game are um, they're they're good. They they tell you what's happening. Like uh, they make the noise of the hits and they make the noise of the magic and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I started to get annoyed at some of the sound effects, so again, like I I just kind of turned it down and. Yeah. So before you get into the nitty gritty there, I do actually have a couple more things. Um, One of the things I found frustrating in this game is how much stuff occupied your, um, your item uh, menu. Yes. So you get three pages of items and I think there's about 10 to 12 items per page and you have to get these non, I don't know if you could sell them. I actually never tried to sell them, but you could, there's a lot of shit that you can't sell. Yeah, it just fills up like you have the uh, road pass and then all uh, all three vehicles and all this other stuff that just fills it up. And by the end of it, you have about a page to use to fill up for items. Yeah, and it's just uh, I I hated it because, you know. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I kind of like to manage my my uh, my items there. And a lot of these things should have been put underneath a. uh special items menu so they didn't occupy your uh, space yeah the like, other thing was yeah. getting in and out of vehicles by going into the menu god that drove me nuts yeah. you can't organize the menu so you can't put them right at the front yes uh, that was that was tricky the the menu system sucks and like <laughs> one uh one vehicle that i found that i could sell um was the ice digger and i got like six thousand mesitas those are the the monies I got six thousand back for that. Oh, um, wow. but more valuable that. than the money was it freed up a spot for a burger, which is yeah. Seriously, money. like there's one point where you have to go talk to the uh, people at the spaceport, so they steal your passport just to free up a spot. Yes, which is nice, but then it also means that you have to travel uh, to other planets in a kind of a roundabout way. You have to you have to go to the to another town and and get on yeah, a ship that wasn't a huge deal by that point i'd never use the spaceport again yeah you just the only thing i did was like kind of pass through it to get to the town because yeah exactly there is in the in the first town that you start in it's is pretty nicely centrally located on the main planet that you're on and there is a spot that you can heal for free and I utilize that a ton so that I can. Yeah, that, my, the, every time you go back to Palma, you just take a trip over to that uh, first town and you heal there. And there's yeah. no, 
Well, there was a reason to use the hospitals on planets, but uh, if you were on your way just traveling, you just go back to Palma for a quick stop, and the whole thing yep. took you five minutes. Oh, this is a good exploit for um, for hospitals because basically it costs uh, one Mesita, which is like Gil in Final Fantasy or whatever, you know, it costs you one per hit point and per MP that you recover at the hospital. So your hospital bill can actually be pretty high if you're pretty beat up. But what I ended up doing was I would take Meow, the cat who had like a really nice healing spell. And I would, um, cause I didn't use my magic in battle a lot cause there was, it was pretty limited, but yeah, and you can't don't have any items that res- uh, replenish your no friggin uh, which sucks uh, magic sucks points. a lot. <laughs> but anyways, like meow, um, I would use meow to heal everyone up pretty much all the way. And then all I would have to do is go to the hospital and replenish meows hit points for like 25 mesitas or whatever. Yeah, so so that was pretty game. smart, but I never had a problem with getting money in this game. Like I, yeah. I always had like sixty thousand in the bank. Sixty thousand. Well, I got lost, and yeah, that's know, true. If you get lost, you're going to be battling a lot, and do a lot of fights. You level up like ten levels higher than you're supposed to be. Then yeah. you have all this friggin' money, and there's not a lot to buy in this game. No, not really. I think that's probably one of the limitations. Was you know item wise like i think the only the only healing items that you can use are the burgers which and the heal colas. 40 and the colas which yeah heal 10 which and you always have to have a cola with you because every so often some guy asks for a cola yeah the npcs will be like do you have a cola and then there's one guy that that you give a cola and he's just like oh cool thanks do you oh, have a cola Pepsi, not coke Wait, yeah thanks, no Mike. you just keep giving him colas and he doesn't tell you anything um and then uh yeah so i i i if I could change something off the game, it would be, well, a few things, but one of the main things would be like, make the burger your healing item. That's fine. But like, I wish that the cola would replenish MP because that was always your like very most limited resource. Yeah. Or even if you did have an item that replenished MP, make it expensive or something like that, or a rare commodity. So, you know, you still use it conservatively, but at the same time you have it in that big fight. Yes. Um, but there, there were ways around using your MP that you could kind of save, uh, save it. Cause I really like made sure that I saved it for the final bosses at the end of the game. Yeah. And I was the same way. I would never use my, uh, magic until I had to fight a boss or I knew I was going to be leaving the uh, dungeon soon. Right. So it kind of takes away from the battle strategy. If all you're going to do is attack for a while because you're, you know, basically penning penny pinching on your magic points right yeah because basically um yeah another one of my well i'll I'll mention one of my other tricks that i found uh in the walkthrough that i used later on because it comes into play heavily at the end of the game when i needed to save all of my hit points and and mp for for the final bosses but uh let's get into the characters there were four playable characters uh there were only four and there really isn't any customization. They're just kind of like they have their own little backstories and, and they have a linear progression, which I think was a little different for uh, RPGs at the time. This one definitely told a very solid linear story. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't a bad story, but uh, the characters, they're very generic and it's not like they really get a big story in the game. You know their motivation, but... Not a lot of time is spent on any specific character. Right. 
Yeah. So, uh, like right at the beginning of the game, you there's like a little kind of little tiny eight bit cutscene, which I guess for the time was probably really revolutionary. But for us, it's just like ah, it's just a picture with some words. But um, it's a 1987 cutscene, and um, you see someone dying, and that turns out to be the brother of Alice, who is the main character, and that's Alice A L I S. So her brother is killed by Lassic, who is the evil king that you're uh, going up against throughout. Yeah, later the game. called King Lassic in the game. Lassic, yeah. King Not Lassic. adding anything to what you're saying, just uh, yeah, my voice heard. <laughs> she was <laughs> so she vows to overthrow King Lassic and avenge her brother's death, and she's basically kind of a fighter with some limited magic skill. Um, yeah, and typical, I guess hero of a story her she has a mission right off the bat and there she has a reason to be and she's going to kill lazic to avenge her brother and yep yeah you know, nothing special she's no tara from final fantasy 6 no but it was um interesting that you know this is a this is a pretty early on 8-bit rpg and and here you've got a female main character which we hadn't seen yet in uh in a dragon quest or a final fantasy or, or anything so that was no that's but... pretty cool there has been like you got Metroid there where you know surprised everybody with Samus Harris and st- uh, Aaron and stuff like that and yeah it, it's good to see that even in this time uh female leads were still a thing yes yeah it was it was a nice nice touch um and then you've got meow uh meow, meow. it's m y a u so it's kind of a stylized uh, meow like a cat so meow is actually a cat cat creature and meow tell me about him and yeah right meow <laughs> yeah. um so the he, she or he is a cat-like creature that speaks human language and in the instruction manual it says meow is closely tied to odin um another one of the characters um meow is a pretty fair attacker especially once you get the i think it's like a silver fang or a silver claw oh yeah um, he's a brutal friggin attacker yeah it's he's one of the better characters um and then has a really good healing spell and can um can suss out trap doors so like when you when you're in the dungeons you can fall like down a level by stepping on a trap door and there might be a door on the other side of it meow can actually deactivate the traps oh, same with the uh treasure chest if you suspect yes. that you've been having a good run of not having running into a trap treasure chest you can actually have meow use his uh trap spell to dearm it if there's one damn wish i would have known that because there yeah, is an but... item that you need at least one that you need and the treasure chest still blows up it like blows up and takes a bunch of your health and is like oh you got the crystal it's like oh great fuck you <laughs> yeah Um, and then we have odin um who is uh, the book or the um the manual says he is second in command to alice and has also taken a vow to overthrow lassic um he's an attacker only and is the only character that has no magic um yeah odin kind of sucks i don't i didn't care for him too much He's good because he hits fairly hard, but yeah, other than that, like he's useless. He has absolutely no support ability, and no. his story was kind of lame. Yeah, he yeah. gets like turned to stone by Medusa, and so yeah, like he's sitting the- in the Medusa's cave there, and it's like you got to find the talking cat person, and it just happens that Meow has a little vial of uh, Medusa healing potion around his collar. Yeah, they called it like Alcelin or something like that. Something also, like that. Ins- take your insulin. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, Odin also kind of seemed to be the one that was getting hit by enemies a bunch, where if you didn't watch out, he was the one who was low on health all the time, and he also had... Yeah, he really was. Yeah. I wonder if that was by design. I wonder if he was like the uh, tank that took all the hits so everybody else could attack. Yeah, he's uh, he is the butters of this game. <laughs> the butters. <laughs> hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. Um, and then we have Noah, who the book the uh, manual calls an esper wizard who lives in motavia which is the second uh planet of the the system or you know the star system that we're in um he's a yeah this is funny because um every noah i know in real life is a a girl really i this whole game i kept calling uh uh noah she 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 and then all of a sudden it pop up it's like he i'm like what I have never met a, a girl Noah. That's crazy. Really? But it's funny because the the walkthrough I was reading uh, had called Noah uh, she. But then when I look up, you know, in the manual and kind of got some information on Noah, they, they refer to Noah as he. So I think Noah is a male character. Yeah. Um, but he's a weak attacker, as most, you know, wizards or mages are um, in RPGs. And he, But he's got the most RP or rp he's got the most mp and he has a variety of spells which are very very useful including some yeah he spells. has the cure spell that meow has as well but you never want to use it because you want to keep his magic points like tip top because yep. uh, his attack spells are basically uh boss killers yeah wind is the best one yeah and then he has that spell to open the some of the locked doors there which i didn't realize until way too late yeah which really pissed me off because later in the game there's another um there's two keys. There's the dungeon key, which is like your generic one that opens any locked door that you find, which at some point it's like, why are there so many fucking locked doors? If I've got a key that already opens it. Like, yeah, and again, you got to open up your menu, go into yeah. items, find the dungeon key where it is in the list. Every yeah. friggin' door. It's just, I, at some point it was like, well, it was just probably cool looking for, you know, the, the eighties RPG crowd. Um, <laughs> And then there's like um, like a step up um, locked door that's got like a demon face on it. And you can get a like an upgraded, I think it's called like, I don't know, it's basically like a universal key that opens the strong doors and the regular dungeon doors. Um, but until you get that, you do have to use Noah's MP to open those doors. And so really, because I never found that upgraded thing that opened up the doors. I used her M- or his MP all the time. Oh, that sucks. Because like right in the last there's two items that you have to, or you can miss in the last uh, tower before you get to the the final sky tower or whatever. And that's one of them. There's like a there's an upgraded um, key and it's really useful. Hmm. Well. Looks like I missed out on that one. And yeah, it takes, what, four magic points per use. And then in the Sky Tower, I think there's two to three doors you have to open with it. So you have 12 uh, MP gone right off the bat. Yeah, it sucks because then then you're you're limited to how many times you can use uh, your wind spell against the boss. Which is a necessity. Yes, absolutely. Um yeah, those are the characters. Uh, we talked a little bit about NPCs already. They're pretty fucking useless. I mean, they they give you some clues in some places, but like any other really weird, like ass pull quests that like you would never guess what to do. They don't help you with those. Like nothing no, anyone says would help you. 
That, that was my biggest problem with this game is there was no hint on what to do next. So it's, uh, you know, you get to a point there, you find the, the guy you're looking for and it's like, yeah, you go around, talk to everybody in town and nobody changes really what they say. And you know, it's like, well, okay, what do I do next? So you go start exploring and, you know, using the new items you got and you find all of a sudden this level. So you go through this dungeon and it turns out you're in Medusa's uh, tower there. You kill her and then you leave. And you carry on finally figuring out what's going on. And then, you know, as you read through the walkthrough, it comes back and says, now go kill Medusa. But you oh, walk yeah. in the tower and he's like, I've already done this one. Yeah, I did that with a boss called Dr. Mad. Uh, yeah. And it was like, oh, don't fight Dr. Mad at this point because you're not leveled up enough. I was like, well, I kicked his ass. So <laughs> yeah, I just like walked right through him. Like, like well, how were you playing this game? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it's weird. You can definitely and, and in the manual, it does give that as a um, kind of a positive. They put a positive spin on it like this is a, you know, completely, you know, not customizable because it is very linear, but it's like. You can do things in pretty much any order you want, and it's like, and that's that's great, and I I like that. But there's some stuff that you just don't figure out unless it's by accident, like that the ice digger can go through some of the mountains. Yes, that was a bitch. And then like also, sometimes there would be a door set into the wall instead of being at the end of the hallway. So the only way you would see it is if you randomly turned towards the wall, which you wouldn't normally do. And then it just well the map the mini map. Uh, should yeah, show you that door. So that was kind of a nice thing. But the people playing the original oh. game, yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of messed up because there's times there you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't know. You just walk right by it, and it's not graphically powerful enough to have one scene with a door beside you. Right, and uh, there are definitely two, at least two points in the game where if you don't turn yourself and face the door that's on the wall that you can't see unless you turn to, towards the wall, which you wouldn't normally do. Uh, you're not progressing any further in the game. Lassic, the one of the final bosses of the game, is behind one of those doors. Yeah, and that um, if it wasn't like I said, if it wasn't for that uh, mini map that kind of filled in as you went along, I probably would have missed it a hundred times. Yeah, like, for sure. No point did I ever think to turn sideways down the middle of a hall to see if there was a door there. And there were false walls too that were like hidden passages. And there is one NPC at some point that says something like. Some walls are fake walls. And it's like, well, that really fucks with your head because I'm sure people just like bump themselves into every single wall throughout this whole thing looking for. And it, I'm sure it took hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Uh, it didn't take away from the game, but you're right. Uh, the original game really should have had something there to like a beep or something to let you know that something was around you. Or an item that would kind of like reveal it for not reveal it, but you know, like give you a hint like that. Would or they should have developed uh, today's modern graphic technology that could put the door as you pass by on the wall. Yeah, there we go. That would have been the best. Um, so let's get into the into the story of the game a little bit more here. Um, there, the cool thing, one of the really cool things about this game um, that you don't see in like a Dragon Quest or a Final Fantasy is uh planets so this is this game takes place in the um gosh the algal star system yeah and you travel across three different planets so i mean it, the planets themselves are pretty cliche sci-fi bullshit like there's a regular earth-like planet which is the one you start on called palma 
Um, the manual says that the planet is fully developed and that the Palmans have discovered space travel and allows them to travel to other planets in the Algol system. Um, and then your second planet is Matavia, which is um, a desert planet. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And there's antlions all over this place. Yes. You can't walk on them, but you can purchase a Land Rover and drive over them. Yeah. And um, that Land Rover is um, fairly useless. Yeah. It doesn't do anything except for drive over the antlions. Um, and that is one item for whatever reason that you cannot sell, but you can sell the ice digger, which is weird. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, I wish I'd never bought it because the only thing it did is just speed me up going from point A to point B. That's the only time I ever used it. Yeah. The, uh, the walkthrough I used actually said skip, um, buying the Land Rover at all. Oh, well, that's some good advice there. Yeah. Because you don't actually need it to go over the ant lines because everything you can you need to do by the time you find it, can, you can avoid the ant lines. Yeah. As you, you walk from point A to point B. Yeah, you do get a hovercraft. So if you do want to cross some of those ant lines, I think there's like a lake nearby that you can just kind of hovercraft through and then you're fine. Yeah. Um, and then the third planet is Dezorus, which is furthest from the sun. And it's an ice planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the planet has a native species called the Dezorans, which are little green guys with weird hats. And uh, travel you travel through this planet via a network of caves, and the cities are accessible via tunnels. So I thought that was kind of a... It was a pain in the ass because it was extra shit to try to find your way through this planet. But I thought that that was really kind of an ice planety move to have like yeah. a series of caves and like the towns were like underground... like protected under a tunnel and stuff like that i thought that was cool i originally when i landed on that planet thought i wouldn't be able to travel on the planet surface and i'd do everything through tunnels and boy was i wrong yeah so oh yeah of these three planets i mean palma is the one i like the most it seemed to have, it had more to do on it the other two just seemed there just to fill in the rest of the story yeah i think matavia had like the least um dungeons on it uh you spend quite a bit of time on desaurus like all in yeah, a row near the end there yeah and there are some pretty tough parts uh just a lot of a lot of back and forth but like there were a couple of tough tougher dungeons with some stronger monsters. yeah there was one of the caves to get from uh between the mountain ranges there and it had uh like three or four white dragons in it yeah <laughs> but by that point again severely over leveled in there just like smack them around Yes, and they, they give you a lot of experience points and uh, money. Masitas. Sita. Um, so, yeah. So let's let's go through the just kind of the plot uh, here. Um, to start with, obviously, you start with Alice, and we know that her brother's been killed, so she's um, she's going after King Lassie. She's out for revenge. She is out for revenge. Um, so the beginning, and then... Uh, I, you know, kind of through Medusa's cave, I guess there's a lot of little like kind of fetch questy stuff that you have to do in the beginning. Um, you'll first need to like um, grind a bit and yeah. upgrade your shit, you know, like get your equipment settled. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much par for the course for uh, games of this era. And not to mention this game, you get lost fairly early in the game. So you tend to just unintentionally grind. Yes. 
Um, and this is the part that we talked about before where you have to talk to that that dude at the second hand shop in Scion, which is the next town over from Kamenit, the one that you start in. And you have to like talk to him three times. Yeah, but there's no hint to it. There's oh. not something saying this guy's stubborn, maybe press him a little. No, it's just you walk in, he's like, I don't want to talk to you. And it's like, okay, maybe I'll talk to you two more times. So this, yeah, this is where I hadn't started looking at the walkthrough yet. Cause like, I remember the first part of this game and it turns out I absolutely did not. No, I talked to him and then I, I started walking around. I went through Medusa's cave. I found yes, Odin's statue there. Then I, I went through that other one where you find the claw for a meow. Yep. Like I, I did everything and I was about level 10. And then finally I said, screw it. If I'm going to get to the end of this, I'm going to need to start poking at a walkthrough. And the walkthrough was like, talk to him th- uh, three times. I'm like, you got to be kidding yeah yeah and he he gives you the hint to what is i can't even remember what the fucking hint is but you get to you eventually get to travel to matavia um for the first time and you trade some shit for the pot wasn't it uh yeah the laconian pot that's that was it so he wants to what that guy wants to charge you like hey you want this cat and he's gonna charge you like more mesitas than you can carry basically and he's like, or you could trade me that weird pot. So you give him, you give him this weird little pot, and then he gives you meow, and meow has that um, Alsulin shit on her neck that you can yeah. use to revive Odin. So then and you it, have to go back. It's hilarious because you just get the pot from a random conversation with a guy in Kamet. Yes, he just gives it to you. Oh no, uh, I think the secret is there was there was something hidden in the warehouse, right? That's there was a. Exactly quote-unquote warehouse had the um dungeon key that that's was right on. yeah the dungeon key which is actually oh, this was literally one. you walk into a house there and he's like i have a pot for you and then you get the l pot oh yeah yeah there it is i forgot about that yeah um so yeah the, those two things you need the dungeon key and that pot um then you get meow and then you can go pick up odin um and after that i believe is when you go back to matavia and they want you to um talk to the governor there which at some point i think there's another item in a cave somewhere called the pound cake or like it's it's either pound cake or some sort of fucking cake i don't know but you have to give this cake to a robot who lets you go past so you can talk to the governor on matavia (laughs) yeah and i love the name of the robots when you fight them one's called robot cop yeah robot cop (laughs) <laughs> uh, obviously uh cashing in on the popularity of a certain franchise there is a lot of like you'll find a lot of derivative stuff in this like at one point you can at the weapon shop buy a lightsaber <laughs> yeah uh totally little, not stealing yeah uh, but anyways he he gives you a letter and then tells you that there is a like a dungeon or a cave north of the city where you can find uh noah the wizard so you got the note you go find noah and then he joins the party cool yeah and this is another one there i didn't realize i got the letter and then i ended up walking in the door and there was no one who's like oh i'm gonna join you and they're like okay yeah and luckily it burns the letter off your inventory so you don't yes god anytime something burned something out of my inventory that was stuck there i was so happy yeah there were times though where like you used something and it just sat in your inventory it's like could i get rid of that now i don't need it yeah like (laughs) the road pass yes good but it really was unnecessary no yeah um and then you've got um 
So yeah. you return back to Palma again after you get Noah and you go to a town called Gothic because someone tells you that if you investigate the manhole cover that's at the spaceport, you can go through like a sewer tunnel and end up in this like rundown town called Gothic. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Good. That, no. um, yeah, go ahead. Once you get into Gothic there, that's when you learn about uh, Dr. Luveno there and yep. he's stuck in a prison or a mental facility. I can't remember which. And then yeah. when you leave Gothic and you head south, there's a path in between some mountains and a path around the mountains. Right. I went in between the mountains there and ended up in the wrong spot again. I did too. Yeah. You end up in, I think that's Medusa's tower and it's for later in the game. And yeah. the enemies in there will just like fuck you up. <laughs> It's one of those instances of um, like where you can accidentally stumble on something that's like way too strong for you. Yeah. And I left that place pretty quickly and went back. And then later on in the game, I was like, I thought that was where I was supposed to go. And that's when I wiped out Medusa. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because you were over leveled and then you just ended up doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get lost in this game so often. The only thing you can do is walk around and hope to find something new. And the whole time you're just fighting and leveling up and fighting and leveling up. And then you got so much money that nothing's even a challenge anymore. Right. Yeah. Because you do stuff like like the rest of this um, little kind of quest or this little chapter where you're in Gothic uh, working with Dr. Levino is that you have to gather like his assistant and um this robot um called uh hapsby and to do that you have to go north and there's a couple of towns in the north where you can actually get some pretty useful items but you have to walk unprotected across these like lava fields to get yeah. there and that's kind of counterintuitive like you just have to kind of power through it and you end up with this stuff called poly material um, that you have to um, use on these piles of junk where you have to yeah, kind of that's where you it. get Haspy. Yeah, that's pilot. where you get the robot Haspy. And I think, oh, I had the Laconian pot listed here, but that's not one of the items. But I think um, maybe the Land Rover or the Hovercraft. So you get the Hovercraft later on. Yeah. Um. Gosh, there's some other like there's some good weapons in uh, the shops in some of these towns. Yeah, in the north. This was a place where you could spend a little bit of time because the enemies were actually uh, paying out pretty good here. Yes. So you could uh, do a little bit of quick grinding and uh, just pay for all these weapons and make sure everybody was like tip top before you left. Yeah. Um, and then another um, I think you can get the wand for Noah in this area. And uh, one of the things that I found on the walkthrough that I used was if you like get an extra wand, equip one to Noah and then just keep one in your inventory. And if you use it as a battle item, you escape the battle without having to use the, there's a spell called by like B Y E. Yeah. Um, and you can save your, I, I just spammed that wand all the way through the last couple of dungeons because I wanted to get to the end with full health and full MP. And basically, whenever I would run into a random encounter and these these random encounter enemies are pretty fucking tough in these last dungeons, I would just go to my items with every character and use wand. And then whichever one of them was up first, they would just use wand and escape me. Yeah, and I never did that trick, but I, I read about it in the walkthrough, and I just powered through to the end. Oh, it's so useful. It saves you so much time. 
Yeah, well, I just did that. I ended up uh, right at the door for the last boss and just burgered up and then walked in and got my ass handed to me. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd burger up right now. <laughs> um, hey, go. I'll wait. We'll yeah, wait. here, pause the podcast. I'm going to go grab no, a pause and you, We're going to wait for you here just in silence. Okay. <laughs> and people can just listen to me like, <clears throat> and then it becomes <clears throat> every like, so often. Yeah, and then it becomes like an, an ASMR video or oh, yeah. chewing on my burger. Awesome. Oh, listen to that sound. <laughs> All um, right, let's get back on track here you, you're distracting me yeah let's uh let's go to uh so once you get the the rocket ship like lu luvino i think is his name yeah he repairs his rocket ship you get hapsby so he can pilot it for you again taking an item slot away from your uh, inventory course. yeah and he's always with you um there uh then you go to you you have three different options that you can fly to and the first one you want to go to is a town called Uzo on Matavia. So it's south of the town that you were in when you first went to Matavia. Um, and there are a couple of little quests to do here. Um, some really important items that you get at this point in the game. You get the Laconian sword, which is yeah. the most powerful weapon that Alice can carry. Yeah, and it's like a mandatory, you have to have this to be Lazic kind of weapon because Laconian is something that can hurt him. Yes, it's like some, it's like mithril or whatever you know like it's a mystical or you know strong metal that's a different franchise i know it is but you know or adamantine there you go oh yeah no that's a different franchise i know <laughs> but i'm making comparisons here um and then another thing that you can get um noah meets up with at some point in one of the dungeons his like old um teacher or master or whatever and then they have like a wizard battle off this is like one of the only times that your one of your characters is just like singled out for a one-on-one -on -one duel and you just like shoot magic at each other until he faints and gives you this thing called the frayed mantle yeah um yeah that's his best armor yeah pretty much and it, it was um how do i put this in a plate manner it, it was unnecessary yeah <laughs> it was like shooting uh shooting wind at him and yeah, like it's all you did is you just took your best spell at the time, which is wind, and then you just fired wind at him, and he would put fire on you. Then you fire wind at him, and then be like, "Oh, you've grown so much." Yeah, so it's it's like a lot of with the sound effect, it's like, dish, 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 and then it's done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it. Uh, but the frayed mantle yeah. is good. Yeah, and well, like the item you got was fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong, getting somebody's best armor is always worth the trip. But oh yeah, I don't know there could have been a, another way, maybe a complex narrative or something they couldn't uh, fit onto the cartridge. Right. Um, and there was also another weird little side quest here where there was um, there's an item that you can get back on Palma if you are kind of looking around with the hovercraft once you get it, and you get this gas shield. And what you use that for is you take it to Matavia and there's some like poison gas on the ground. And if you have the gas shield in your inventory, then you can walk through the gas without getting hurt. Yeah. And you get the clue that leads you to the mirror shield, which was, That's right. again, it was in a dumb, dumb place. Like I, it took me forever to find it because I didn't realize you could search. Yes. Yeah, And then it's, where do you surge? It's on the island, and there's an antlion in the middle of this lake on an island, and you fight the antlion like a hundred times, and, you know, nothing happens. You don't get the shield. on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like you have to search in the lower right corner of the ant line. It's like, why the fuck would I do that? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's just kind of. Um, but this is what you need to beat Medusa. Yes. And once you have this, Medusa is not that hard. And hence why it was easy to beat her when I ran up that tower. Yeah. So basically what happens is like you got the mirror shield equipped to Odin and Medusa like misses every single one of her attacks. <laughs> Yeah, and no, it was like finding it. There's also a flute you find in uh, Gothic the same way, but that one seems a little more obvious because it's like a lone tree at the end of a path. Yeah, and one of the NPCs tells you to look by the tree or whatever, and that yeah, flute is but... really useful. It it helps you. You can exit like when you get to the end of a dungeon and you're like, you know, balls deep in this dungeon, and you found your item, but you're kind of beat up. You can just use this flute and go right back to the beginning. Yeah, and again, I didn't know what the flute did because there was no description, so I ended up uh, just using uh, Meow's exit magic. You can do that. Meow too. or... Uh, meow. Yeah, Meow exited and um, Alice flew you back to the last church you're at. Yes, and that fly is awesome. Oh, and let's talk about the churches for a second because if one of your characters dies, you can resurrect them at the church, but then they charge you a bunch of money to do it. It's like... Yeah, just like real church. Aren't you a fucking church? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, also just one last note on Motavia, um, going west from Uzo, you can go all the way to a like mountain range. That's like just, there's this kind of vertical mountain range and it's just forms a wall. But if you walk up and down along that wall, you can fight these sandworms and they're really awesome because they drop a good amount of mesitas and that's a good, easy place to grind for, um, mesitas when you need them yeah and that's for the seasoned veteran that knows the story not for the person who gets lost and makes his money the old-fashioned way of looking for what to do next yes <laughs> um yeah so at that point i was following the the guide and it was like you're gonna want to buy this diamond armor that's available in in one of the stores um pretty early on in the game they kind of entice you with this diamond armor that's really expensive and you can grind for for cash there and go buy it. Uh, and then I think Alice that, that was something that. like I'm going to kind of bring something back here, uh, go off topic a bit. And that was something I liked about the ages collection was uh, if you hit the plus button, because I was playing on switch, if you hit the plus button, it brings up a menu and you can actually see all the different weapons and armors and who they can be equipped to and all that good stuff. Yeah, that was amazing. I loved using that little grid. Yo, I used it every time because there's no other way to know what can be equipped to who. Like there's some a few items that can be equipped to multiple players, but not a lot of them. Right. So then it, it would help, you know, like, well, I don't want to buy more than one of these because. Yeah, exactly. So you're not wasting your money. Yeah. Um, And then after. um, So moving on after Uzo, that's when you just when it's time to go to uh, this this town called Skewer Skewer on Azorus. Yeah, so it's time to go to the ice planet. So you have to go back to your your ship with Hapsby and fly to Azorus. Um this I thought was one of the more convoluted quests in the game because as you mentioned before there's a spot where you get this ice digger truck that can that has these little drills on the front and it can drill through some mountains but not all. Yeah, and so the you're that you basically can, trial yeah, and error the whole time. Very trial and error. And the, the mountains that you can drill through, it like kind of crushes them. 
they look absolutely there's no they're no different like they could be the same color but maybe the pattern is different or slightly different color i don't know they they throw you absolutely no hints and no it's yeah i only found it by accident yeah it's it, i looked at the walkthrough this time because i was like i, I want to kind of get through it but um you know, they, they kind of give you a general direction, like head southwest after this tunnel, and there should be some weak mountains kind of down there. Um, <clears throat> so you have to, we, we talked about this when we talked about this planet, but you have to travel through these series of caves, which is cool and ice planety. But there's a lot of really tough monsters. Um, you do have to use that digger to crush through some of the mountains and get to at least one dungeon. And then, um, you get um, the this item called the Amber Eye in Corona, which is uh, important later. Um, and then you get this item called an Eclipse Torch in one of the dungeons. And you have to take it to a tree yeah, somewhere on the map accessible only by an ice digger. And it's like in this random section between two caves. And then you kind of go south and it's like, oh, it turns out these mountains down here can be crushed. And there's a fucking random tree down here and you use the torch while you're on the screen with the tree and it gives you this item called a nut of lerma which you need to beat the game and it's very you have to have the um the alpot again because the nut gets yes. put inside the alpot yes you get the pot back from that doc that's why i had the pot written back up there because you have to fight someone in one of those towns when you go through the lava um and he gives you that pot back and you need the pot to put the nut of Lerma in or whatever. And the, yeah, again, it's like it's something you could easily miss and still kind of go through part of the end game. And you would not be able to progress because you don't have that item. And you would yeah. have no idea where to go back to get it. No, it, um, I don't remember where you got the pot back. I just remember that some guys like, oh, hey, I have a pot and he gives it back to you like. Yeah, there's no quest word. There's no trade. You're not buying it back. No, you get it at the first at the first town. You get it, and then you get you trade it for meow, and then you get it back from the first time you fight Doctor Mad. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, he he gives it to you for for beating him or whatever. But it's like, oh okay. Like I, I guess I didn't notice. It. Yeah, you get it back from him. <laughs> um, so that's kind of now that you've got this nut, um, you can kind of start going into the end game. Which before you do that, yeah. there's a couple of uh, items you can get with the um, what was that called? That strong material that you got in that sword, the Laconian uh, yes. stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So, anyways, yeah. So you can go back and go uh, find the Laconian shield, the Laconian uh, axe. Yeah. And then I believe there was uh, armor. Uh, there's an armor that I think we talked about. Um. The the shield, I believe, is on like some kind of random island yeah, uh, back on Palma. So you have to get in the hovercraft and kind of tool around in the water until you find there's like a like a temple tower looking thing on an island and it's in there. And then I think the axe was somewhere somewhere else. Uh, I can't exactly remember where the axe is. But no, like, it just there are side are, quests. He had to go get them. But again, like the end of the game is going to be much, much more difficult if you don't have those items. Yeah. Um, so getting, yeah, then getting back to Palma after you've 
completed your your tasks on Dezorus, which is nice because you never have to go back there. Um, you go to this place called Baia Malay, which is north of the town of um, Sion. Yeah, and you see it fairly early on in the yeah. game. Like, uh, you just can't get into it. Yeah, it's like a wall, walled stronghold. Uh, there's a locked door that has to be unlocked with with one of Noah's spells. Um, but like I mentioned, called open. Yeah, it's called open. <laughs> um, there is a way, like I mentioned before, to get a master key that allows you to open all of those like demon crest doors, uh, so you can save some of your MP, which is good. Um, and this is where once you get through this prison, um, there's no enemies in the prison, but it can be a little tricky because there's like a robot cop in there and he kind of hassles you a little bit. Um, yeah, he's like, do you have a road pass? And you're like, yeah, I do. And he's like, that's a fake. And he kicks you into a jail on the second floor and then you end up having to say no. And then you just fight him and wipe him off the face of the planet and walk by. Yeah. Um, so then once you get through the little like prison and the gate of this like fortress you know past the wall or whatever there's a a little tunnel and then like a brief lava flow which you can ride your hovercraft over which is nice um and then you get to um it's just called i think it's just called by a malay uh, yeah and that's the the tower um the second to last kind of tower uh, of the game and there are a couple of items that you can get in here or easily miss that will really fuck with the rest of your game. Uh, one of them is that key, so you can get that master key. Um, that's hidden in there somewhere. And then there's also a, a place uh, where you talk to some dude and he asks you a series of five kind of weird oh, arbitrary yeah, questions. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh was he like a fortune teller or something like that and you have to believe him and then yeah. you have five questions and you have to answer like yes 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 no no yes that's exactly it and he's he's asking stuff like do you believe my prophecies yes 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 You're are like, you searching for this person yeah like, yes and it's like do you believe i i've been telling the truth and you're like no and he's like oh okay and then you ask the last question and he's like oh here's an item yeah and he's like oh here's a crystal and you just kind of leave and uh so once you get that um and that key i believe and i think the key is in a treasure chest that's booby trapped which is bullshit i I stopped opening treasure chests halfway through this level yeah i did too and like when the some of the the boot the chests that you get from um enemies that you beat are also booby trapped so i just stopped opening anything unless i absolutely needed to um, but anyways, you get through this tower. It, it is kind of a twisty, turny place. Um, it's pretty easy to miss the staircase that you go up to kind of set off the chain of little staircases to get you to the top. But once you get to the top, um, you, this is where you need that nut that you got into Zorus. You give to Meow and she like transforms into like a flying cat. Yeah. And then you have a good boss battle with a gold dragon. Yes. And th- it's like the walkthrough that I was looking at was like, uh, don't use any magic on the gold dragon. And if the gold dragon like kills anyone or, or you have to use magic, like start over, like save before and start over. It's like the gold dragon was a pushover. Oh yeah. Just Um, straight up attacked him. And then that was it. Yeah. And I think it barely hit me. Like it would hit Alice, but she had like whatever souped up armor and shield and she only lost like one hit point. And then it missed a bunch of times and I just kicked its ass. Yeah. 
And this um, is consistent with the game up to this point. There was no boss that really gave a challenge. No, because you were usually over-leveled and yeah. over-equipped and whatever. But then you get to the, um, I think it's called the Sky Palace or something like that. Air Castle. Air Castle, that's right. Um, uh, what is that? Oh, okay, yeah, the nut is what you can completely miss. Uh, then you, you, you go through the um, Air Castle, which is kind of a, again, kind of like a uselessly twisty turny. Um, it's pretty straightforward. But um, then you fight Lassic, um, and he mm. can be very challenging if you didn't get that crystal that that random fucker in the Malay gives you. Um, if you do not hold that crystal while you are fighting Lassic, he will absolutely rip you to shreds. Yeah, and if you're holding the crystal again, not a challenging boss fight. Yeah, he's pretty easy if you have the crystal. And that was one thing that the first time I played this game last winter, I did not have that goddamn crystal. <laughs> and I had to exit the whole thing, go all the way down to the bottom and go back and find that dude and get the crystal and make my way all the way back up. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that wand trick when I first played it. So it was it was really grindy again. I um, never used the wand. It was fine. Yeah, it was, it can be fine. But like I said, it just, for me this time, I was under a time crunch. I finished it today by using, I spammed that wand. <laughs> hey, if it works, it works, right? Yeah. And so you beat Lassic and that should be it, right? You'd think that. Yeah. But then they say, go back and see the governor on Matavia, which Matavia, according to the manual is a colony. So I don't know why this guy is so goddamn important. But uh, you go back there and there's instead of talking to the governor, you go down a trap door and you're in another uh, really long uh, but very straightforward dungeon. And you get to the end where you find um, dark, dark. Yeah, dark, dark force or like dark fouls is what they called him on the screen. Oh, yeah, um, dark fouls. Just a complete ass pull. This guy is like yeah, a super this, boss. This is where the game takes a complete 180 in the difficulty curve. Yes. Like, He's like. This guy hits twice per turn and he hits hard or soft or really medium. There's no real telling how hard he's going to hit you because sometimes he'd hit Alice for like one hit point. Yeah. Then the next time it'd be for 60. Yes. It was such a weird, like it was so hard to gauge who needed to be healed and when um, you for every enemy, including the bosses throughout the whole game, you see their hit points in the upper corner. So you can see how much left you have. Uh, this is the only boss that doesn't, and he's got 400 some hit points. So he's one of the, one of the strongest single enemies in the entire game. And he dodges everything. He dodges oh, every physical attack, but yeah. the, the magic attacks, you really have to focus. And that's why it's so important to have all of your MP uh, going into the boss battle because Alice needs to be shooting fire. Um, no one needs to be shooting wind. Meow needs to be healing. And then Odin kind of maybe can score a hit every now and then with the axe. Yeah. And then you run out of magic because you're going to run out of magic before you uh, finish him off. So Absolutely. you just have to spam the attack and hope to hell that you can hit him enough to kill him. And I never did. Yeah, I actually the first I took two two stabs at him the first time he ended up uh, I kind of miscalculated how much time I had left and just kind of got unlucky and he killed Noah, which is absolutely unacceptable because I needed his wind. And uh, the second time I did, it's 
whenever you beat this guy, it's like you're out of MP, your team's kind of beat up, um, and you're just kind of like limping across the finish line because you you're not really ever sure how much you have left against him. Yeah, and it was kind of a. Uh... I didn't like it. I didn't like how steep the curve was and the fact that again you can't uh, replenish your magic and once once you run out of it you're out of it and I was using yeah. uh, Noah to open up doors and stuff. Oh yeah, that that'll really screw you over. If you have yeah. to use Noah to open up any doors in the last um the last boss uh little dungeon or whatever, there's a couple of those demon crest doors. Um you're not going to be able to use wind enough times. Yeah, well, you couldn't use it enough time anyways. I mean, between wind and fire and the hits I got, there was absolutely no way I was I was ever going to kill that guy. I probably had him down to, like, one hit point, and then he just, like, nope, and killed me. Yeah, stupid thing. <laughs> yes, very, very frustrating. But uh, in the end, you, if, you, if you beat him, then the actual governor comes back and is like, oh, I guess I was, there was an evil spirit. Do you want to be the queen? And Alice says yes, and... Or no, you uh, can't you answer no on that? Yeah, I mean, you can. I nothing uh, nothing changes? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it would change it. I can't imagine that saying no would do anything in this game. Yeah, the freedom of choice, right? Uh, or or they would just say, you've selected. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to be queen? No. Are you sure you don't want to be yeah, queen? Yeah, no. it probably get you in like a loop like that where you just have to be like, fine, fucking yes. Ask me three times and finally over existence. Yeah. So uh, anything else on this game? I mean, um, there weren't that many like weird little like challenges or puzzles, but I would say like the dungeons themselves, especially like if you were playing this at the time it was released, um, the original 8-bit version of this game, the player would definitely need to map out the dungeons by hand. Yeah, which which isn't a necessarily a bad thing because since no. the dungeons are very graphable, like uh, every step is a square. Yes, um, and, and it, it would just great. be time consuming, but it might actually be kind of fun in a way if you're into that. Yeah, I think this would be a really fun experience to have had um, as a you know like an adolescent or kid back in 1987. I was obviously not old enough to. Uh, graph paper anything uh, in 1987 but I think that this would be really fun yeah and neither was I like I was uh, seven years old when this game came out so there's no way I was going to grab graph paper and figure it out I'd be this stuck and probably walk away from it yeah Um. so another yeah and then just another like little challenge I guess as I would say uh, the trap doors, uh, the doors that we were talking about that are set into the walls where you'd have to like turn towards it in order to see it. Uh, false walls. There were some false walls that you could just walk through and there'd be like treasure chests full of mesitas and stuff. Um, and then booby trap um, treasure chests. Those sucked. I got so irritated every time one blew up. The explosion chests sucked. The one that uh, shot like this... Uh the spear out at you or whatever those yeah. ones weren't terrible because those would damage only one character but the explosions would knock half your health uh, hit points away yeah from every character just really irritated the shit out of me so i that's where i was like i'm done i'm not opening anything anymore no. unless i'm grinding for mesitas um enemy sprites uh enemy sprites all looked really cool i think some of my favorites were the 
there was like a sorcerer that had this like crazy looking mask and a robe. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Titan was kind of cool. Yeah, the Titan was a big, big, big boy. Yeah, uh, most of the dragons were were pretty rad. Um, especially the gold one with the wings spread. Well, the gold one was the only one different than the other yeah. dragons. The rest were just palette swaps. Yeah, but the that like the spread wings and you're like fighting them in the sky was kind of cool. Um, there were, and then another one that I liked was uh, there was an octopus at one point that you could find on like one of the sandy beach parts of uh, Palma, and that that looked pretty cool. Yeah, and I think they paid out too. Yeah, they did. I remember fighting a few of them. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, Dark Falls, like the Dark Force, whatever the final final boss, his sprite is big and cool looking. Yeah, he was yeah, a, he's a fucker. definitely a menacing boss compared yeah. to the rest of them. Um, so big there wasn't even room to put his hit points in the corner. That's right. Yeah, that's that's why that was they were just trying to save space for his cool sprite. Aesthetic uh, reasons. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else to mention here? Uh, I think we already talked about like the the stacked enemies, but like some of them, some of the enemies like you would encounter on the screen randomly would be like harder than a boss battle. So if you were to find like yeah. the sorcerer and you had like two or three of them to contend with, I would I would try to get out of that type of battle because they could do like a a thunder attack that would hit everyone for like forty damage. Yeah, those are the ones that were pretty much. Uh... Like damn near unbeatable if uh, if you weren't high enough level, but it was nice that they didn't take an enemy like the dragons or the titans and uh, stack them up. Yeah, I think the most I think you could get two titans at most, but the dragons were always like a one one dragon at a time. Yeah, and, and like the dragons are easily beatable, but if you had two or three of them, yeah, you'd be pretty much screwed. They they like you said, they would be harder than any of the boss battles. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that, that can be tough. That was why like that, that trick that I found with the, with the wand, uh, in order to escape was really helpful in trying to save myself for the bosses at the end. Cause like, <laughs> like we mentioned, some of the, some of the random encounters could potentially kind of fuck you over. Yeah. Especially in that last, uh, level on your way to fart, uh, not fart fight dark falls. Yeah. Uh, he, well, the enemies in that level were uh, pretty much the toughest in the game, which, you know, makes sense. You're in the last level. Yeah. But they would not kill you, but they would hurt you pretty bad by the time you got to the last door. Yeah. And then you would just basically not have enough left in the tank to to actually face who you're there to face. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I, yeah, I think we talked enough about bosses and enemies and everything. So why don't we uh, why don't we score this thing? Um. Brian, what what kind of score out of ten are you going to give Fantasy Star? Well, it's going to be fairly good. Uh, like I said, I had a lot of fun with this, and I can see the appeal of it from uh, like an '80s kid sort of lens. Yeah, I'm going to give it probably. I'm going to give it a seven. Nice. Okay, that's actually what I gave it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, look at that. Yeah, I gave it a seven, seven point oh. Um, it does some really cool stuff, uh, especially for a game of the time. Um, I would say definitely if you want to try this game, don't be a hero, play the Sega ages version. Um, yeah, it still requires a guide and a lot of patience, but it's just a really fun. And that's uh, just that's retro one of the parts where it lost points for me is the fact that I had to go to a walkthrough. There was no yeah. way for me to really figure out what was going on until I got the walkthrough. Then the damn impossible increase in the final boss battle. 
Yeah, for sure. And then just some housekeeping around the game. That that's where it kind of lost the uh, you know, the score for me. Yeah, it just I would if I could give this game a comparable if anyone's played Breath of Fire, the first one. Um I think that there are a lot of similarities between those two games. I think obviously Breath of Fire came out a few years after Fantasy Star and so does some extra things, but I think the the general vibe uh, of the game is is pretty similar. Yeah, neither game tells you what to do next. Yes, yes. <laughs> not in the slightest. And then it also like doesn't end when you think it's going to, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Breath of Fire is one we should talk about at some point too. Um, I've done that already with somebody, and I'm not ready. I'm not there yet to talk <laughs> about it again. You need to heal some more. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't replay it again. I I would just like read up on it and kind of. Uh, it's, it's the worst <laughs> thing. The, sh- the short version is it's a really fun game, but it gets in its own way. Yeah, quite a bit. And you know, like I said, I'm playing Breath of Fire two for uh, that same guy I talked to about, and uh, Breath of Fire two is better, but so far it's not really uh, making a case of being better than the first game. Okay, so. is it up to its same bullshit? Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm, uh, <laughs> I haven't really sat down and given it a good proper go yet. So once right. I do, I'll be able to tell you. All right. Well, oh, we all we also need to give it uh, a ranking in our tier list. Oh, um, that's true. This one, uh, just due to the kind of innovative nature of, of the way that they set up the game and everything, um, I put it in the B tier. It's definitely not it's not a tier. It's definitely not S tier. Um, but there are some things that keep it out of the A tier, but just for its time, I think it's it's just a really fantastic game, and I think it should should be in the B tier. I'm not going to fight you on that one, because for a game in the late 80s, like an RPG, if you compare it to all the RPGs from that era, this one's actually, uh, it really does kind of stand out on its own. So I, I yeah. agree, putting it, putting it in the B tier is uh, the way to go. Yeah, Fantasy Star did a lot of things that Nintendo don't. <laughs> you're uh, like ah, you fucker <laughs> there, i'm sorry i'm busy i can't record tonight sam yeah <laughs> oops i lost this recording <laughs> uh some hard edits about to be done yeah <laughs> you're gonna bleep me out for like the last <laughs> might uh, uh take that uh, super mario rpg uh, booster tower lobby music there and it'll just be used to uh yeah my god uh, Technical, guest host technical difficulties yeah. <laughs> i'll teach all right. you all right well should we wrap this up and uh what are we talking about next week brian um next week could be our first milestone episode the uh 10th episode which you know not a huge milestone but considering that we've made it 10 episodes without getting angry at each other <laughs> i think it's a milestone so we're going to be talking super mario rpg we've actually already recorded the episode and it's already ready to go so you'll hear it uh after this one but we recorded it before yes we, we're so, going to have already been earlier talked about rpg mario <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay sam do you just have a stroke I tried to, <laughs> i i got broken as i tried to try to <laughs> rationalize that sentence we, thing now words hard yeah all right no i'm just i'm not making fun of you i've been there too uh and if you're if you're following along with us um this is episode nine but uh episode 11 uh we will be talking about desert strike and jungle strike 
Yeah, that'll be our first actual game we start playing in the new year. Yes. So I'm excited to play that. I like that game, even if it's pretty hard. Oh, yeah. It'll be a good time. All right. Well, from all of us here at Retrotopia, have a great week and have a happy new year. I hope you had a happy new year. Yeah, me too. Hey, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.